Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. Wednesday, December 27th, and welcome back from the Christmas break. Three days without NHL hockey, but the lights are back on in NHL venues across the league tonight. And we're back with NHL action here for this Wednesday. And it's a busy Wednesday slate. A big welcome back to NHL action following the break with 14 games on tap tonight here in the NHL. Hope all of you had a great Christmas, a holiday, uh, turkey, ham, and everything else. Drank, ate, uh, were we're merry, all that good shit. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and uh, hope you um, enjoyed the a few days to recharge the batteries. Certainly, I took uh, uh, very, uh, I took delight in being able to finally have a few days to just, you know, relax a little bit uh, because we do spend a lot of time preparing for this show, which is what makes it such an in-depth show as far as the analysis goes on a daily basis. It doesn't just happen uh, out of thin air. Uh, a lot of prep, a lot of time uh, goes into getting uh, ready for each and every episode. So to be able to just put that aside for a few days and kind of rest up and get ready uh, for the post-Christmas uh, schedule, definitely I enjoyed it. Uh, no question about that. So looking forward to that. Alex is fine. Uh, Alex is just, um, you know, he's back home. We're letting him spend time with his family a few days away. Uh, he'll be back this weekend, Sunday. He will be back with us on the uh, New Year's Eve edition uh, of the uh, show, which is a huge slate coming up on uh, New Year's Eve. So he'll be back with us uh, on Sunday. He sent me his card. I will make sure to go through uh, his bets for this uh, Wednesday slate. He's already sent them in to me. So we will go through that uh, as this uh, game uh, rolls, uh, or as this card rolls along, I should say. So without further ado, let's get into it. We're just going to go right into today's games. No recap. There's nothing to recap. So let's get into it. We will start with the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. Uh, the Rangers minus 220 home favorites, five and a half, six the total here, depending on what book you're looking at here in this one. Uh, the New York Rangers, certainly a team that uh, went into the uh, all-star break or not the All-Star break, the Christmas break, rather. All-Star break's in a month from now. Uh, they went into the Christmas break, obviously, on a high note. Uh, it wasn't pretty, uh, but they got the win in overtime against Buffalo, bouncing back from the loss the previous night against the Edmonton Oilers. 4-1 and one entering the Christmas break for the Rangers uh, in their last five games. They take on a Washington team that continues to really surprise just to, you know, they're, they're competitive. They're not an easy team to beat. Nobody really be, is able to beat this team by any sort of margin. Uh, other than the Arizona, when they had it was a bad spot for Washington at the end of a road trip after they played in Vegas, they got dummied there six nothing. But you look at their losses three of the last four losses they've suffered here in December, and every other game they've won, they've been one goal defeats. So they've been right there, Washington, in every single game. Now they have some rough analytical numbers, but you know, they seem to be over <laughs> overachieving a little bit to some degree, outperforming uh, those numbers. And, um, you know, they have got, come into this game here t against the New York Rangers. Like I said, playing competitive hockey. They've gone to overtime or a shootout uh, in four straight games. So, you know, ride the wave is what I'm saying here with this uh, Washington team as far as the draws are concerned. And that's the only play for me on this game is a little small piece of the draw here. Again, make sure you shop around. The, the prices for these often fluctuate, uh, but you can find plus uh, 360 at FanDuel, probably as good as you'll find as far as the draw here. And it's worth a shot. I mean, Washington's gone to OT in four straight games. 
the Rangers haven't exactly been convincing in victory. I mean, they had to go to overtime in their last game before the uh, break against Buffalo. So I think you can make a case for a draw here. I think the Rangers probably win. And the Rangers, too, last time they faced Washington, remember it was that weird spot where it was the day before they played out, the night before they played L.A., and Jonathan Quick facing his old team, and it was a huge game, East versus West Titans, if you will. And then they had to play Washington the night before, and they didn't show up. They mailed it in. They were bad. They were lethargic. The effort was piss poor from the Rangers that night. They got blanked for nothing uh, in Washington. So I do think that you're going to see the Rangers probably bring a little more to the table here with this Capitals-Rangers game than the first, last time they played this team. Being said, Washington has not been a easy team to beat, let alone beat by margin lately. So uh, I do like the draw here a little bit in this one. And as far as the um, player props go uh, for this game, you know, if you buy into Ovechkin heating up now because he scored, a, you know, the game winner against uh, the Jackets uh, before the Christmas break, certainly you could go there. Tom Wilson's been very solid for them. Uh, no, Dylan Strom's been excellent. You could go in that direction for the uh, New York, uh, for the Capitals. For the New York Rangers, we've been waiting and waiting to see if Blake Wheeler is going to be able to get rolling offensively now on the top line. And suddenly we see him with three goals and uh, seven points in the last six games. So suddenly we're seeing a decent amount of offensive production for uh, Blake Wheeler playing on that top line for the Rangers. So if you're looking for you know, a little bit of value as far as props and players that are on the top line, Blake Wheeler is certainly a decent candidate. Right now for the Rangers, Panarin with Trocek and Lafreniere. Uh, if Lafreniere's got points in two of the last three games, he might have a little value as well as far as the uh, prop market goes here in this one. All right, let's move on. Battle of Ontario here. Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto. Minus 165 home favorites. Seven being the total. I'm not at all surprised that we're seeing sevens. And to be honest with you, it's about time. Maybe, um, you know, the uh, Christmas break got odds makers contemplating uh, their work saying, you know what, we got to stop putting some of these teams at six and a half, and we got to bump some of these teams up to seven with their game totals based on the way they're playing. And certainly you can make the case for sevens with both of these teams right now. Now, the Jacques Martin transition, you know, with him now as the intramed coach, Daniel Alfredson on the staff as well, work in progress. He's going to try to, you know, get this team to play some better defensive hockey. Uh, but as we're seeing right now for uh, Ottawa, it's still a work in progress. Every game of the three games that Jacques Martin has been behind the bench they've had a lead and blown the lead now against Pittsburgh they also had a lead and blew the lead but that game they were able to rescue themselves with a Tim Stutzla game winner in overtime to beat Pittsburgh 5-4 but they still relinquished a two-goal lead uh, in that game which still continues to be a significant problem for the uh, Ottawa Senators just being able to close games out you know tighten things up uh, get that key save, which quite honestly, they have not gotten good enough, timely enough goaltending, timely enough saves from really either guy, Jonas Corposalo or Anton Forsberg uh, in these recent games as well. So it's definitely a little bit of, um, you know, a, a combination of things with Ottawa. They're trying to learn a new defensive system because that's the way Jacques plays and that's the way or that's the way Jacques coached that kind of style for his entire career. And as I said before, when the hiring happened. You're not getting Jacques Martin, 71 years old, changing his ways. Okay, that's you're going to have to try to tighten things up, play a tighter style of hockey. That's what he wants. There's no question. So uh, Ottawa's got to adapt. But as we're seeing in the first three games with him behind the bench, 
It's just not, whoa, Jacques Martin's there, and all of a sudden this team's going to play 2-1-3-2 hockey. No, you have to have the personnel. You have to have the horses in the stable you know, to be able to play that kind of steady, sound defensive hockey, and so far not happening right now for uh, Ottawa. And you can tell that when they give up a goal with the lead and it gets to a two-goal lead from a three-goal lead or a one-goal lead from a two-goal lead, you can just tell this team tenses up, tightens up, rips the stick a little bit more, doesn't have, don't have that same amount of confidence, making clean plays, exits out of the zone. I mean, the whole bit. I mean, it's just been, you can tell there's, there's still a mental block with this team as far as defending with the lead and protecting leads right now. And I think that's something that Jacques Martin is trying to extricate uh, from this uh, hockey team right now. But I think when you look at it right here in this game with Ottawa, Toronto, one thing we do know is the senators usually bring uh, a great effort every single time they play the Leafs. You look at the uh, matchups earlier this year, they played each other twice competitive games both times. In fact, I think Ottawa could very easily be 2-0 and this year against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They won the first meeting 6-3 on November the 8th here in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena. And then December 7th in Ottawa, it was 4-3 in favor of Toronto. That was the game where Joseph Wool got injured. And Martin Jones had to take over in net. And Ottawa was probably the better team, deserved a better fate. They lost 4-3 regulation loss in that game, but outshot the Leafs 41-22 to uh, and really deserved, like I said, a much better fate here uh, going in, uh, in that second meeting as well against the Leafs. So um, I think it's going to be a really good game, competitive game. Should be a fun one to watch coming out of the Christmas break. What I have been trying to do with Ottawa is, you know, uh, first game against Arizona, uh, I had Ottawa first period and full game cash the first period bet and of course they ended up blowing the three to nothing lead they lost four three and lost the full game bet and at that moment i'm like well wait a minute maybe we got to rethink this maybe we're only going to look at first period bets with um ottawa and sure enough i came back to the well with the uh, first period on the ottawa senators against colorado their next game and they were up two to one with like a minute to go in the third period in this in the first period a minute and change left And they were up two to one at the time and McKinnon ties it. So I have a push with the first period on Ottawa in that game. But if you add them full game, you obviously lost because they ended up again losing a lead and losing six to four. And then the Pittsburgh game, I was on Ottawa first period cashed with that. And look, if you had Ottawa full game, you almost didn't cash again, despite a strong start from the Ottawa Senators where they got the lead in the first period and they nearly blew the game again at four, two became four, four. But this time, Ottawa was able to finally get the win with an overtime goal from Stutzla, the first win for Jacques Martin uh, behind the bench. So to me, I I gravitate more right now with Ottawa to the first period because the one constant so far in the three games since the coaching changes, they have had good starts. They have had strong starts. They have carried the play. They have dictated the terms in the opening 20 minutes uh, for these first three games since the coaching change. So uh, I do like Ottawa first period. You're going to get a nice price there, about plus 135 with Ottawa in the first period here at DraftKings. A little smaller sprinkle on the full game, but much smaller. I'm definitely more invested here on the first period money line here with the uh, Ottawa Senators in this game because they have had good starts. You look at the Arizona game, the Colorado game on the road trip, and then Pittsburgh back home on Saturday. Every first period, I thought Ottawa played really well. And then, you know, they got the lead and, you know, then something bad would happen. They'd give up a goal. And that's when all of a sudden the the crisis of confidence started all over again for them. So uh, definitely liking that them in the first period again. 
I believe now they are um, 2-0-1 to the first period money line, Ottawa, since the coaching change. So since Jacques Martin has been behind the bench, uh, Ottawa's 2-0-1 to the first period money line. So uh, we'll go back to the well with that here uh, in this one. A little smaller sprinkle on Ottawa. I do like both teams to score in the first period here as well. Uh, Toronto obviously playing a pretty good hockey going into the break themselves. I don't think it's asking too much against this team that's still trying to find their way defensively, Ottawa, uh, for the Leafs to find the back of the net in the first period. At the same point in time, it is going to be Martin Jones again. And at some point, you know, let's give him credit. Martin Jones has played well. But at some point, the pixie dust, dust the pixie dust is going to wear off a little bit here for him uh, at some point. It's not going to continue to mow along here with this kind of uh, save percentage and gaudy numbers that he has. He's not going to be a 279 goals against 917 save percentage goalie indefinitely. There's going to be some bumps in the road coming for our old friend Marty Jones here for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think Ottawa, realistically, we should see them find the uh, back of that. I believe with Ottawa, the, the, Ottawa scored a goal in the first period in all three games under Jacques Martin. They got up to that blazing start against Arizona with a three spot in the first period, scored two against Colorado in the first period. And they scored, of course, I think a couple of goals against Pittsburgh uh, in the first period on Saturday night. So they've had no problems finding the back of the net early in games. So I think it's a good first period, both teams to score here uh, at plus 135 uh, in this game. Uh, I'm also on the draw. How can I not be? Uh, we saw the draw hit in the uh, Ottawa. Was the first? Did the first meeting go to overtime? No, it didn't. It was six three Ottawa. But the last meeting should have four uh, three, and it nearly did. We know uh, Toronto's been quite the overtime team. Uh, Ottawa went to OT their last game before the break, so we'll take a shot with the draw here as well. And I'll look for a live over uh, in this game, not at seven. You know, we're going to wait for something better than that. Uh, as the game goes on, maybe we'll find a live six and a half or five and a half at some point, uh, and we will go from there. Certainly not going to uh, go with it at this price. And then as far as the goal, uh, or as far as the player props, I should say, are concerned here tonight, uh, Brady Kachuk called himself out before the Pittsburgh game saying, I got to do a better <laughs> job as the captain. Uh, and you would expect someone like that to respond. And he had three points against Pittsburgh. So uh, you know, over one and a half points or to score a goal for Kachuk. Um, you know, you're not going to get obviously great value. Usually we like the bargain bin type prices, not the type of prices you get for uh, someone like Brady Kachuk, but certainly he uh, called himself out and uh, he was, he responded. He responded the right way, a goal and three points for him, uh, obviously in the uh, game against uh, Pittsburgh uh, on Saturday, which was good to see. Uh, I think you got to ride Josh Norris in some form. Five-game goal streak. He's been absolutely sensational. Two, four, five, six, seven points in the last five games here for uh, the uh, Ottawa Senators. Giroux does a good job against the Leafs. That's true, Cuban, 100%. So there's not a bad option either uh, for the um, uh, Ottawa Senators here in this game. He does always seem to make an impact uh, as well uh, for them. So there's a couple props for Ottawa. Toronto, on the, on the other hand, look, at this point with Austin Matthews, you know, Take two plus goals, take a hat trick uh, for him now, because obviously, look the the anytime goal prop. I'm never in a million years going to bet Austin Matthews to score a goal at his, you know, anytime goal prop price right now, which is insane. You know, it's my it's minus one twenty in some spots. You got to look for value, and look, two plus goals will give you like a plus five hundred, plus six hundred price. And we're talking about a guy that's gotten at least two goals in four of the last five games. For this Toronto team, it seems like everything he's firing at the net now is going in uh, at this point in time for uh, number 34. So 
Uh, I wouldn't argue with uh, a multi-goal prop of some kind with him uh, in this one tonight. Matthew Nye still has value. I agree with that. Someone mentioned that in the chat uh, as long as he stays on the top line. Now he's going to go through you know, ups and downs. He's still a full first full season as a rookie in the NHL, but he's definitely got that uh, potential uh, to break out and, and, and to be something more for them uh, moving forward. Uh, there's also um, uh, a couple more that I want to mention. Uh, he has a goal and an assist against Ottawa this year in two games. Nicky Robertson, younger brother of Jason Robertson, uh, on the uh, third line with Domi and Yarncroke. I'll throw his name into the mix here for maybe a little value prop tonight, given the uh, numbers he's had against the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators here in the two times they faced Ottawa uh, this past season. And also I do want to point out, I believe, uh, if you look at it as well, uh, now, did he did he play in both games? He did, and he scored in he scored in one game against Ottawa, and he had an assist in the other. You know, Callie Yarncroke here as well on that third line might warrant some appeal as far as the uh, props tonight in this game. All right, Columbus, New Jersey. We've got the uh, Devils minus two fifty home favorites, seven being the uh, total here in this one. Uh, the Devils uh, kind of inconsistent mess is the best way to describe uh, their uh, performance level going into the uh, break. Um, you know, you look at their last uh, 10 games, six and four, uh, but they went into the break going one and three uh, in their last four games prior to the Christmas break. And then they've got a struggling Detroit team that barely beat them as well, three to two. So hasn't been the greatest stretch here uh, for the New Jersey Devils, not by uh, any stretch of the imagination here. Uh, they get a Columbus team that just recently they beat them six to three uh, about 11 days ago in Columbus. Now, New Jersey. Uh, the rematch here in New Jersey, uh, Columbus looking for a little redemption. I also do want to point out that New, uh, Columbus actually did beat New Jersey uh, here uh, in this building back on November 24th, two to one. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, we'll see how this uh, game plays out. But I think there's a bit of a tricky spot here for the Devils. Um, you know, it's not easy to trust a team like Columbus here, but don't know if I if I fully buy into New Jersey and their form going into the Christmas break, warranting them being uh, upwards of what minus two sixty now in this game. Uh, the now the devil, uh, the Blue Jackets rather three and seven in their last ten games. They've struggled, but you really dig into the way they've played here, especially the last five games. They beat Toronto in overtime. Then they had that six three loss to this Devils team. They pummeled Buffalo nine to four. They outplayed Washington. You know, and then Elvis Merzlikens lost his mind in overtime, got after Wilson, took a penalty, and th that was that. Ovechkin scored in the power play to win it. And, and then, of course, they played Toronto again, and kind of a, you know, that was a pretty obvious bad spot. Toronto was pissed off about the Buffalo game where they got drilled, pissed off. Probably they lost at home to Columbus the week before, and you knew that was going to be a good get-well spot, and Columbus just wrong team at the wrong time. But, you know, I think Columbus is worth a look here. Honestly, uh, plus 210 in this game. I sprinkled on that. The Jackets here, plus 210. I just don't love this Jersey team's form at home either. Seven and 10 they are uh, on home ice. I mean, they're a losing hockey team on home ice this year. Seven and 10 is the home record at Prudential Center here for the New Jersey Devils. And we're asking this team to lay minus 260 uh, here in this. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take a small shot here. And, and this is one of those spots, too, where if this wasn't coming off the Christmas break, maybe I don't touch Columbus. but we see some weird shit the night after Christmas or the night after any break, really all-star break, Christmas break, whenever there's been three or more days off across the league going into a, a certain day, uh, schedule 
or a certain slate, you see some crazy stuff happen. Uh, and to me, I think the Jackets are competitive tonight. So we'll sprinkle a bit on them here, plus 210, and also a little on the first period as well, because this could be maybe also a spot where Columbus maybe shocks New Jersey early, Devils get the wake-up call and come back. That's certainly possible. We know Columbus not always trustworthy with a lead, and we also know that the third period this year for Columbus has been a fucking nightmare for this team. They've got just an embarrassing goal differential, negative goal differential, uh, this Columbus Blue Jackets team in the third period. Uh, this year. So I feel like with this Columbus position, I need to split it up at the very least with the first period and the full game, not just put all of it on the full game because they've just had absolutely pathetic uh, third period meltdowns this year. And as Perlo says in the chat, the Devils have only won once this year in the first period. So it fits hand in hand that Columbus maybe has a good first period. It's been one of their best periods all year and New Jersey's had bad first periods. Uh, this year, no question. So the first period, I think this is definitely one where I think a little more on the first period than the full game, but I think Jackets are in this game and I like over six and a half. Now I did get a six and a half. There is a six and a half actually at FanDuel. You got to pay minus 148, but definitely could see some goals in this one between these teams. It's looking like Merzlikens and Vanacek should be the goalie matchup, although it hasn't been confirmed yet. Lots of good player props that uh, pique my interest here. Uh, Fantilli and Danforth playing with Goudreau uh, on the top line. I think that makes sense. Danforth seeding up now finally four points and a goal in the last four games on that top line for the, for the uh, Jackets. Uh, and certainly Adam Fantilli, a lot of responsibility being on that top line for him in the center spot. That's a lot for a 19-year-old rookie. But, you know, we see him now with four points in the last four games uh, doing a solid job. And remember, he's not only got to be mindful offensively. You're a number one center. You've got to be mindful defensively uh, as well so that's a lot on his plate you know to put him in that spot if you're pascal vincent but he's doing a a, a solid job right now uh, with that uh we've talked about shinnikov relentlessly uh he's been one of the hottest goal scorers on this team uh with six goals in the last uh, seven games so there's no reasons why uh, i would talk anyone out of uh, shinnikov props tonight in this game uh any one of those russians have been very very solid for them uh, and then, of course, on the um, uh, New Jersey of the equation, I do want to point out there is uh, Alex Holtz up to the second line with Heeshear and Palat. Uh, something to consider there, maybe worth a look. I mean, certainly Jack Hughes has been really in a good stretch as far as offense is concerned, uh, although he's slowed down actually a bit the last four. He's gone four games without a goal. So that's not something you're going to see every day. I've talked a few times about Michael McLeod, who despite still being down in the bottom six, has two goals and four points in the last four games. So something to keep in mind there. Uh, Alexander Holtz, now again, four straight games without a point, but now looks like he's moving up the lineup. And keep in mind, when we've seen him up the lineup before, that's when we've seen Alex Holtz produce. So there is definitely some value there if he can indeed take advantage of this move up the lineup. All right, Florida, Tampa Bay. We've got the uh, Panthers minus 120 uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, should be a good one. Um, I don't really have a strong feel for this. I don't feel either of these teams are playing their best right now. Um, Florida coming off the big game against Vegas, and I can't believe that Florida team total and that Florida money line that I was on on Saturday. Now, they ended up cashing both of them. Um, but it should have been easier than that. My gosh, they were completely all over the Vegas Golden Knights. Dominant. Just they had the puck the whole first two periods, it seemed, before Vegas finally tilted the ice in their favor a little bit. But it was all Florida. 
And it was actually a really solid, strong effort from Yuri Patera, who got the start that day uh, for Vegas, uh, to keep that game respectable because it was it, it could have been six or seven to two uh, for Florida in that game he, uh, against Vegas. Uh, they were absolutely um, excellent uh, and on point, and you knew they would be right. Your first shot at this team that beat you in the Stanley Cup final. Certainly, it was a circled spot on the Panthers' schedule, uh, and they played like it, dominant from start to finish. Full marks for that 4-2 win. Tampa Bay, though, they've played one three of their last four, and they continue to be a very good home team and a pretty miserable road team. And now you got them at home tonight at Amelie Arena, and I'm not as keen of betting against Tampa Bay here on this home ice. They've won three straight uh, coming into this game, uh, 6-1 against St. Louis, 5-4 against Vegas, and 2-1 against Washington uh, in a shootout on the road right before uh, the break. And like I said, they've been very good on home ice. They've won four straight at home as well coming into this game. So this is definitely one of those games where there's no need to bet every game on the card. It's a good game. It's two teams that I also still have question marks about because before Florida, you know, was dialed in and beat Vegas credit to them. It's not like they were playing great before that, you know, they lost at home to St. Louis in a lethargic performance. They lost at Calgary three to one. Um, they lost to Vancouver and Seattle and got shut out in both games uh, on that road trip. So, you know, prior to the Vegas game, this is not exactly a Florida team that was in great form. Um, I'm telling you what, now that the price is moving a little bit, I'm, I'm not betting the game because I, I, I do still think at the moment Florida is a little bit better team uh, than Tampa Bay. Uh, but I'm not taking Florida now as road chalk. Uh, against a Tampa team playing well at home. So uh, this is going to be a stay off for me. Now, an, an, another part, by the way, of the um, move uh, here toward the uh, um, toward the uh, Panthers in this game, uh, as far as the uh, line moving the way it has, definitely injury-related a, a little bit because I think people were starting to think that uh, Sergachev was going to come back and there was some talk of, early late last week before the break that they were aiming for him to be back for this Florida game. First game after the break, but that's not the case. Not quite ready to return yet. So uh, Mikhail Sergachev will be out. Maybe it's moved because of that. But I don't know. To me, the, the climb's a little higher. There's more and more value showing on Tampa here uh, in this game as slight home underdogs. Plus, you have Vasilevsky in net. And, uh, you know, you don't see Tampa a home dog very often. So, I, like I said, I, I actually initially, if when I was doing my prep work for this card uh, late, uh, yesterday morning before the lines had come out. I was I had Florida circled, but now that they're road chalk, no, not at that price point am I interested uh, in the uh, Florida side uh, in this one. Um, it's just a pass for me, other than maybe some props uh, in this game, which uh, I might look at. And as far as the props go on the Florida side of the equation, Evan Rodriguez, I think, still remains a very uh, good value uh, player prop option as long as he stays on the top line. For, uh, Florida. Sam Reinhardt, of course, has just been ridiculous uh, with the uh, production this year. 19 goals, 21 assists uh, already this season for the uh, Florida Panthers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, here's some developments here that are worth keeping an eye on for Florida. Carter Verhage struggled early in the year, but look what he's doing lately. You know, five points and three goals the last four games. Sam Bennett really, you know, had a little rough stretch. All of a sudden, he's got two goals and four points in the last four games. He's starting to crank it up a little bit. Kachuk now with four uh, points in the last four games for them. Uh, keep an eye on that. Um, so now you're starting to get some of those second line players starting to chip in a little bit for Florida. Uh, their props may be a little undervalued because they had a little slow or lack of production 
consistently before that. And then for me on the uh, second or on the Tampa Bay side, anytime I see Nick Paul, I'm interested. And now that he's going to get the top line minutes here uh, with uh, Kucherov and uh, Point, uh, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov as line mates, Nick Paul, the, the value is absolutely outstanding, I think, for him tonight. Uh, and keep in mind, this is all. Also, a guy that has scored uh, two of uh, uh, goals in two of the last three games coming into this one tonight, and six points as well uh, in the last three games. He had a back-to-back three-point games against St. Louis and Vegas, a goal and two assists in both of those games. So it's not only a game. And look, when you're playing with Kucherov and Point, you're going to have boatloads of opportunity for uh, to get on the score sheet with you know two of the better forwards on the team. So you can not only look toward maybe a Nick Paul plus three thirty. Uh, at Patano uh, to score a goal, plus 320 at FanDuel, plus 230 to get an assist because he's actually been an assist machine too, two assists in two of the last three games. Um, but then you can also look toward, hey, I mean, why not? He's had three points in two of the last three games. He, you know, go for the multi-point payout on a guy like this who's on the top line with two of the best forwards on the team in Kucherov and Point. Go for the gusto here. Uh, why not? It was why settle for just plus one twenty on Nick Paul to get one point. How about plus seven hundred on Nick Paul to get two points? And if he gets three points, which again he's done in each of the last two home games for Tampa, the Vegas and St. Louis game, he had three point performances in both games. Plus fourteen hundred for Nick Paul to get a three point game, fourteen to one. You know, if you're looking at that kind of value, and that to me is value right there. It's great. He's going to have the opportunity because he's got outstanding talent beside him on that top line with Point and Kucherov. Kucherov just having an incredible season. Uh, you know, you could obviously Kucherov is always a threat for two or three points and have multi-point games. But why not Nick Paul? You know, instead of you know Kucherov at plus one ten to get two points, why not Paul to get two points at plus seven hundred? Instead of Kucherov to get three points at plus 375, why not take a shot with Nick Paul plus 1,400 to get three points? Again, something he has achieved uh, in two of the last three games for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, I think that's great value. I'll be sprinkling on both of those. Uh, Everything Nick Paul, goal, assist, one and a half points at plus 700 and over two and a half points. I'll even go the extra mile, over two and a half points. Nick Paul plus, again, 14 to one, plus 1,400. Uh, for a guy that's had three-point performances two of the last three games here uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, let's move on now. Boston and Buffalo. Uh, we've got the uh, Bruins uh, minus 150 home road favorites, I should say. Road favorites. This game's in Buffalo. Uh, the total here sitting at uh, six and a half, or sorry, six, I should say, uh, in this uh, game as far as the uh, total is concerned. Um this is another one where it's just I'm all over the map with this game. I mean, I really am. I mean, it's it is Buffalo, the inferior team, but they are off a loss and they've been better uh, in that situation uh, coming off a loss. And they did just beat Boston in Boston recently, three to one. And sometimes they come up and they strike against uh, teams that you don't necessarily expect them to beat. That being said, um, do I trust them fully? No. And I certainly would rather have the Buffalo Sabres in my uh, bankroll backing this team off a loss than off a win. It's well-documented. We've said it all along how absolutely pathetic this team's been after a win and how unable they are to put two good performances together. Uh, But they're off a loss here, and that is the one area where I would rather have Buffalo. And Boston struggling, that being said, 
Doesn't this feel, at least to me it does, doesn't this feel like a bit of a, okay, Christmas break's come and gone, chance to hit the reset button for a Boston Bruins team that was sputtering and scuffling and stumbling uh, going into the break, losing four straight games, uh, not playing great hockey, uh, obviously going into the Christmas break. Uh, it kind of feels like, you know, the bear wakes up, you know, maybe a little hibernation for the bear uh, before the Christmas break, but, you know, maybe they wake up here. Uh, in this spot against a Buffalo team that just beat them. There is an asterisk, too, with that Buffalo win against Boston, if you'll remember, two weeks ago. Uh, and, in fact, Jimmy was on this show talking about how the illness and the flu bug was running through the Bruins dressing room a little bit, and that's the game where it really was hit, hitting them hardest, that Buffalo game, and they didn't resemble the Bruins that night. They got outshot 40-26, to 26, something like that. Uh, and the uh, Buffalo Sabres ended up getting the 3-1 win and didn't look anything like we normally see from the Boston Bruins. Although you could say uh, the last four games is nothing like what we normally see uh, from the uh, Boston Bruins because they just are not accustomed to losing four straight games in a row like this, but that's exactly what it's been. It's been a combination of things uh, for Boston. If you look at these last few games that they played, their penalty kill has suddenly sucked. It's really alarming to me that in the last five games, We've seen this Bruins team give up seven power play goals. That doesn't happen to this team. They've always been tight, buttoned up, very good in the, in the on the PK, and just hasn't happened for them uh, here the last few games. So that is something that you don't normally see from this Bruins squad. Struggles defensively, the PK. I don't think the goaltending's been nearly as great from their duo of Swayman and Allmark either uh, during this uh, run of theirs. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, but again, the break hit the reset button, recharge the batteries. And when you're a veteran team like that, I shouldn't say they're, they're not as much of a veteran team as they were last year with losing Bergeron and Krejci. But, you know, you still have Pasternak and Zaka's been around. Marchand, of course. Coyle's been around for a long JVR. These are guys that have been around a long time. Lindholm's been in the league a while. McAvoy, you know, they've still, it's still Shattenkirk. You know, they've still got a fairly veteran team when it's all said and done. And sometimes you just need a break and recharge the batteries. And, you know, you're dragging ass sometimes. I know I am certain mornings. I don't want to get the fuck up. Uh, I feel like a bag of shit some days. Sometimes hockey teams go through this in the course of a long 82-game uh, uh, schedule that they're just, you know, dragging a little bit, uh, flat, tired, fatigued, just gassed. And maybe I think Boston looked a little that way uh, going into the break, but this break maybe recharges them a little bit. And after four straight losses going into the break, which I'm sure doesn't sit well with anybody, you know, I could see Boston bringing a good game and a good effort here tonight uh, in this game. So that's my way of just talking in circles about me passing on the game. I, I talked myself out of Buffalo and I, while I think Boston could bring it, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see here uh, on this, but while Boston could bring their best here, uh, in this uh, game against the uh, Sabres. Uh, I'm not so sure. I fully want to back them right now with four straight losses, not playing great hockey, really at either end of the ice. And the offense has been spotty as well during this four-game losing streak. Not sure I'm ready to lay a buck 50 with them on the road here either. So it ends up being a game where I'm just going to look towards some uh, player props in this one uh, more than anything else. Uh, and when I look at it for uh, Boston, this could be a night too where you know, ask Z Zaka is cooled off a little, but this is where you got to ask Marshawn and Pasternak. You're two veteran leaders. You're two two of your better forwards. You know, if you're going to snap the skid tonight, play play big, play big time for this team. Both of them, Marshawn and Pasternak. You know, Marshawn has only one goal in the last uh, seven games. 
Pasternak, you know, well, you know, he, he's not to blame fully either for what's been going on. Uh, and he does have three goals in the last three games, but Marshawn in particular, he's got to get things rolling for the uh, Bruins. Uh, you look at uh, who else has been pretty solid for this team. I'm telling you what, um, we talked about Morgan Geeky. And Morgan Geeky, uh, you know, he had those back-to-back goals playing on the top line uh, for this uh, Bruins team. And I know he's not on the top line anymore for uh, Boston. He's on the third line right now behind Coyle and Zaka, who are now the top two centers. But Geeky continues to be very, very good for this team. Uh, and uh, he even scored when he was playing on the third line uh, for the uh, Bruins the other night. So uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I think definitely he remains very undervalued. I think his energy, even during the four-game slump, was as good as anybody uh, on this team. I was impressed with uh, what he brought to the table uh, for this team. And, and it was in a, at a time when the team wasn't playing great, uh, I thought you got great uh, effort you know, from Morgan Geeky there in the last four games. He was noticeable, uh, no question. So uh, I think that's definitely something you want to uh, keep an eye on it. Uh, but definitely uh, Morgan Geeky, I think a little bit of value still with his props here in this one tonight. All right, Penguins and Islanders. We've got the uh, New York Islanders minus 120 uh, home favorites, six being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, these are uh, not a pair of teams that are high on my, <clears throat> excuse me, the, these are two teams that are not very high on my bet on list right now. I do think the Islanders, there's going to be some coming back down to earth coming their way uh, in the near future. Um, you know, they played solid, don't get me wrong. A great win for them at Carolina, 5-4. It was not one of Carolina's better defensive Rembrandts, if you will. Uh, but look, we'll give them credit for the fact that they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 uh, and every loss has been a pretty close game. We've called them, of course, the Thailanders all season, Draw Island. Uh, five of their last 10 games have been to overtime or a shootout. They're right up there, them in Toronto, teams with the most overtime or shootout games this year. And don't look now, here's Pittsburgh getting into the fun with the draw uh, of late. Two straight overtime or shootout games against Carolina and Ottawa, three of the last five for the Penguins have gone past regulation. So you know what we're doing here. Uh, it's draw time. Back to draw island we go. Uh, back to the Thailanders uh, at a nice plus uh, three uh, seventy. Sorry, plus three fifty at FanDuel. Penguins Islanders draw uh, here in this game. Uh, very good chance. I think we see OT. Uh, even the Penguins, like I said, short term have been playing some tight overtime shootout games as well. The previous meeting uh, or the most recent meeting. This is the first meeting actually of this season between these two teams. But the last meeting of uh, last season with these teams was an overtime game as well, won by the Islanders 4-3. Islanders have actually owned Pittsburgh. They've won four straight head-to-head, five of the last six uh, as well. Uh, There's definitely a Penguins team that has had their struggles against the Islanders. Um, Penguins need to find a way to get things rolling here and get more consistency in their game. Um, I I lean Islanders, but I've just got this feeling in the pit of my stomach. Pittsburgh really puts a lot of uh, focus and a lot of emphasis into this game tonight. And they're a slight dog now, so I'm, I'm not betting either side. I'm just going with the draw. And I'm also going with the over uh, in this game. Uh, I was starting to calm down with the uh, under with the overs with the Islanders, and the Islanders have been an over machine here in the month of December. You go back to December 5th, and they started the month going 6-1 and one to the over uh, in their first seven games in the month of December. Uh, but the, then they had two straight unders against Edmonton and Washington. Uh, and then, of course, they back on the well with the over against Carolina on uh, Saturday. I think the Islanders still have some question marks. They're giving up still 
a little bit too much in terms of high quality looks and chances uh, in their own zone. Uh, and, um, you know, Pittsburgh's got the potential in theory to make them pay for it. Although we are talking about a team that had one of the worst power play streaks in NHL history uh, early uh, this month, just absolutely pathetic. It was, uh, but that's not the Penguins lately. The Penguins go from what over almost 40 on the power play to all of a sudden the last six games, this team has scored seven power play goals. So they have all of a sudden gotten uh, all kinds of, um, you know, momentum and good, solid production from the power play, which couldn't buy a goal for the longest time. So that's significant here against the Islanders. And actually, believe it or not, we have an over-series history as well with these two teams. Uh, We have seen six straight meetings between the Penguins and the Islanders, uh, and we have seen, um, I believe, four, oh, and two to the over. So four wins, two pushes. And the two pushes were the total was six and the game landed on exactly six goals. So we've had six straight meetings where no fewer than six goals total uh, between these two teams. So uh, it's draw and over uh, for me in this game with the uh, Penguins and the Islanders. Draw plus 350, uh, over six, uh, minus 110 with the uh, Penguins and the uh, Islanders here. And then as far as props go, um, there's a, a couple of decent options here I think you could consider here, but uh, talked about how Horvat's heated up, uh, and that has definitely been the case of late. Uh, even uh, you know the veteran Palmieri with three points in the last three games, but Horvat on this incredible um, point streak that he's on, actually it got snapped against Washington, uh, the point streak. He had no points in that game against Washington, but uh, he got back on track with two points, a goal and an assist against uh, Carolina. Goal prop, point prop. Uh, over one and a half points props probably worth a look too <clears throat> with um a uh, Bohorvat right now uh, as well so definitely some o- decent options there and then for uh, Pittsburgh on their side of the equation uh you look at who's been really stirring the drink for them offensively and of course number 87 plays a huge part in it uh no question uh he's been uh, really strong for them i mean the last five games Sidney Crosby seven points and four goals uh, in the last five games for this Penguins team. So it's hard to uh, not look past um, <clears throat> what Sidney Crosby uh, has been doing lately for the uh, Penguins. He's obviously been, he's doing everything he can to drag this team into the playoffs. And uh, we'll have to see if everyone can pick it up around him. All right, next up, we've got Carolina, Nashville. Uh, Carolina minus 135 road favorites. Uh, the total currently uh, six uh, in this game, shaded to the over. Uh, you remember the last time these teams met in Raleigh, and it was a wild one, a, a shootout developed uh, between these two teams, back and forth, back and forth, uh, and it was two really weaker, inferior goaltenders in the in that game as well. We saw Kevin Lankinen for Nashville. We saw, of course, Antti Ranta for uh, Carolina, who actually got demoted to the AHL right after that game. Uh, and it was wild. It was six to five Nashville in overtime. Carolina had a late lead, could not hold it. Nashville comes back, ties it up, and then wins in overtime six to five in Carolina. That was just a couple of weeks ago on December 15th. It, it was quite the uh, uh, crazy game. But now you take out Ronta, who's obviously not going to start tonight for Carolina, and Lankinen, who's not going to start for Nashville. And by the way, he's injured. Uh, Lankin. And, and by the way, Ronta's actually been called back up to the Hurricanes uh, from his stint in the AHL. So it looks like they sent the uh, Latvian kid back down and brought Ronta back up to the uh, Hurricanes here. 
post-Christmas break. Ronta will be serving as the backup here tonight for Carolina to Piotr Kochetkov, who will get the uh, start. Piotr Kochetkov, it hasn't been smooth sailing for him, not by any stretch of the imagination. And certainly that Islanders game is proof of it. He did not play great uh, in that game against the uh, uh, Islanders. Uh, Five goals allowed. But he is a goalie I trust in a bounce-back spot. Uh, If you actually look at when... Uh, he's played and given up goals like that. Like he had one start on November 30th. He gave up five goals to the Islanders. And look, he gave up five goals to the Islanders again on December 23rd. He gave up five goals to the Islanders on November 30th as well. So maybe he just doesn't like playing the Islanders. But my goodness, they have had a ton of success against him. But he bounced back from that Islander game November 30th, December 2nd against Buffalo. He was very good. He got the win. He only gave up two goals. He's got that capability in him to bounce back. Kochetkov, we'll see uh, if he's able to do that here tonight in this game. It is UC Soros in net for Nashville, and he's been a major reason why Nashville's obviously had a pretty solid year overall. Uh, They get the, uh, uh, and um, we'll see how they fare here. We'll see how they fare here based on the fact that they were playing great hockey going into the break. They had gone, uh, and Soros in particular, had gone uh, seven and one in eight starts until the, Roof caved in on Nashville in the final minute against the Dallas Stars. And I know we didn't do a recap today, but I'll briefly talk about that game. Just when you think at 38 years of age and watching sports for over 30 years, you know, since I was just a little kid, that I've seen everything. And that's why I never see say that. And I never, I'll see something in the next five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I will see something that I've never seen before. Guaranteed. All right. And I can guarantee you, I have never seen a finish to an NHL game like I saw with Dallas and Nashville Saturday, where the team that looks like they're going to win, Nashville, is up two to one with 15 seconds left. They give up the tying goal with 15 seconds left. And you think, oh, shit. Well, here, we're going to go to overtime now. No, they actually give up a goal just 13, 14 seconds later, two seconds left, or whatever it was. And Dallas wins the game 3-2 in regulation from 2-1 to down with 15 seconds left to winning 3-2 in regulation. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And I was I was half shocked and I was half pissed because I had the draws, you know, in that game on Saturday with the uh, Stars and the uh, Predators. I, it was just incredible what I had seen. It was Hockenpah, seeing I shot from the blue line from Yoni Hockenpah that ends up beating Soros for the uh, game-winning goal. Uh, on Saturday afternoon in that game. So it was just absolutely staggering. Floored, I was shocked, 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 shocked. I was shocked uh, by that game and that conclusion uh, in Music City on Saturday afternoon between the uh, Stars and the uh, Predators. Um, so that's a tough one for uh, for uh, Nashville. They got to respond from that. Um, Alex likes Nashville, plus 115. I certainly lean that way. But I don't know if I want to go against Kochetkov when he got shelled the last game. I'm a, I'm a Kochetkov believer. Uh, this is a, a game that's got that feel to it where Nashville probably wants to tighten things up a little bit more. Uh, and keep in mind, the games in Nashville, the last two have gone under uh, in this series. So this is actually, this is your Ian Cameron lean to the under, which means bet the over uh, game, game of the night uh, in the uh, NHL. But I'll lean under. Uh, with this game, uh, Carolina and Nashville. Um, and I have nothing on the side. Might get there with the draw. Small, Maybe a small little piece of the draw. I mean, why not? I mean, I expect a pretty tight game, cagey game, both sides. Uh, we did see overtime in the game in Carolina with these two teams just a couple of weeks ago. So 
Uh, maybe a little sprinkle on the draw here with the uh, Canes and the Predators. Not much other than that. But uh, as far as props go, yes, um, Marty Natchez is on fire right now for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He's been uh, excellent. I don't mind that. Steph Nason's always interesting. Uh, I'm always uh, interested in his props. There's no question about that. And then for Nashville, um, like I said, I mean, there's just there's so many different uh, possibilities because they've obviously we know O'Reilly and Forsberg and Nyquist on that top line has really uh, gotten them rolling. But I do want to point out um, <laughs> Colton Sissons here looks like he's moved to power play one tonight for Nashville. And so you talk about an opportunity uh, for him and you talk about player prop value opportunity for me. Uh, we've got that potentially here tonight with um, Colton Sissons, who's going to be, it looks like, on the, the uh, number one power play unit here for the Nashville Predators. He has two goals and four points, by the way, uh, in the last four games. So Colton Sissons, maybe uh, not bad here as far as value on the uh, Nashville side uh, for player props tonight uh, in this game. All right, let's move along here. We've got uh, Dallas, and, speaking of Dallas, uh, who pulled off that incredible and probable late final 15 seconds comeback uh, against Nashville. They are in St. Louis uh, to take on the Blues tonight. Uh, we've got Dallas uh, minus 170 uh, road favorites. Uh, the total in this game, six and a half across the board. And we do want to uh, pay homage to the great Dallas first period overrun, which uh, came to an end. It was 11 straight first period overs for the Dallas Stars, which came to an end uh, on Saturday with that scoreless uh, first period against Nashville. Um, but as we often say, uh, this is going to be your bumper stumpers um, game of the um, night for me where uh, we're not out until we lose two, just like in uh, bumper stumpers. Uh, that's what we're going to look for here tonight with the uh, Stars and the Blues. Uh, we're going to go back to the well with it. First period over. Uh, you can find it over one and a half minus 135 for this Stars Blues first period over. I'm also going to take a smaller piece of the full game over. Uh, right now, Dallas is a pretty damn uh, over team right now, pretty damn big over team uh, at the moment. It's just their defensive play hasn't been spot on. Uh, Ottinger now injured, and even when he was starting, he was inconsistent. He hadn't been playing at that high level we expect of Jake Ottinger. And, you know, Scott Wedgwood, for for all his, um, you know, uh, effort that he gets, and he's, he's a goalie that gives 110% of what he's got every single night, no question. But unfortunately for Wedgwood, you know, 3.08 goals against, 9.03 save percentage. Stars are 9-1 and one in his 10 starts, if you can believe it. Like, for all this talk that they're relegated to Wedgwood because Ottinger's unavailable for them, um, Wedgwood's been very good as far as the wins and losses. But he's still given up 3.08 goals per game, 9.03 save percentage. And that's the problem with Wedgwood. He's going to give you all he's got. And all he's and the best you can expect is probably give up two or three goals a game. You know he's rarely going to have one of those nights where he's going to shut you down or shut you out or give out uh, give up just one goal uh, or something like that. Uh, so that's the problem. He's going to give you all he's got, and at the end of the night he'll give up three or four, and sometimes just two. But that's basically what you get from um, Scott Wedgwood. So you know you're and with the team you know not playing as airtight defensively in front of either of their goalies. You know, that's why they've been trending over the way they have eight and one to the over full game over. So while we talk about this um, uh, 11 and one first period over streak for Dallas in the last 12 games, the full game overs have been absolutely rolling uh, for them of late as well. You know, St. Louis to me under Bannister, they look like a team that 
to me, their offense has really revved up since Bannister took over. Four-plus for the Blues in four of their five games since the coaching change from Barube to Bannister. They have scored four-plus goals in four of the five games since the coaching change. Defense is still going to give up goals, though, against good teams. We've seen that. Uh, they did beat Dallas, by the way, the second game after the coaching change, 4-3 in overtime uh, that night. Um, we'll see if they get Dallas again here. I'm not so sure. I mean, I would certainly lean Blues. I mean, they're 4-1 off the coaching change, and you're getting plus 150 with them here as a home underdog. I'm certainly not laying minus 170 with Wedgwood and the Stars here. But at the same point in time, Dallas lost to them recently. They are still the better team. Uh, I could see them winning. I do like the draw, just a little sprinkle on that. But more than anything, I like first period over, one and a half, quite a bit. And I like the full game over a little bit as well, six and a half. In a matchup where it's going to be Wedgwood for Dallas and Joel Hofer for the uh, St. Louis Blues, who's had a rough season, uh, 904 save percentage. He's been better lately. I should point that out. He was absolutely very good, believe it or not, against Florida. That's really the first really good start he's had all year, to be honest. I mean, one goal, and he was good. One goal, 38 uh, shots, uh, 37 saves, and one goal allowed uh, against Florida in that 4-1 to win. But let's see if he can uh, follow that up here against a very potent Dallas team. So uh, first period, full game over, small sprinkle on the draw. And then for props here in this game, uh, certainly there's uh, in a game we think there's going to be some offense. Uh, it certainly speaks to the possibility, you know, of there being a lot of good potential value in the uh, player props for this game. And I think when you uh, look at what we've got available here uh, tonight for Dallas, um, you know, there's so many different directions you can go. Uh, but I do want to point out that, uh, you know, the Marchment, Duchesne, Sagan combination has long been um, the trio that's really been getting it rocking and rolling for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, Marchment, by the way, five goals and a whopping three, five, seven, eight points in the last six games. So, or sorry, that's Duchesne. That's Duchesne's numbers, not not Marchment. But Matt Duchesne, yeah, nobody hotter for the Stars right now. Nobody producing more than uh, him right now. Marchment, Sagan, and Pavelski, for that matter, always worth a look. I'll throw a little under-the-radar Dallas player out at you, though, uh, who's picked it up here, Evgeny Dodonov suddenly with two goals in the last four games here for the Stars. So don't uh, mind looking in that direction. For the Blues, it starts, well, first of all, won't you be my neighbor, Jake Neighbors. He's back up to the uh, second line right now for them, and he scored against Chicago. Um, so as now that he's getting that top six uh, opportunity again, he's worth a look. But right now, number one look is whether it's goal prop, assist prop, and this is one guy you should consider that the over one and a half points at a very good plus price with as well, and that's Mr. Kairou, who had the biggest uh, problem with Craig Berube apparently, uh, and uh, happy probably happier than any blue uh, uh, any player on the Blues to see uh, the coaching change based on what we think. So uh, Jordan Kairou has been a different different player. Uh, no question. He's been absolutely machine, really, since the coaching change. You look at since the Ottawa. Remember those last three Barube games, he had no points in three straight games. Since the coaching change, he's got eight points in five games, four goals in uh, five games, and eight points in five games for the uh, Blues. So Jordan Cairo, it's almost like he's had a, uh, he's been released from prison, if you will. Uh, with the coaching change, he probably feels that way. I don't know what it was specifically, but clearly there was a there was a um, rift. Clearly there was friction. Clearly there was a uh, uh, you know a, a, a rough relationship at the end between um, 
Kairu and Barube. So, and Kairu's playing like he's uh, got new life here with the coaching change. So there's no doubt uh, he has been able to uh, really get that. And we know he's a good offensive player. We just didn't see it, you know, late in the Barube uh, tenure. And we're seeing it now uh, in the last few games under the new coach, Drew Bannister. Uh, that is for sure. All right, next up, we've got Detroit and Minnesota. Red Wings minus one. Uh, actually, that's wrong. It's Minnesota uh, minus uh, one thirty-five home favorites. Uh, the total in this game uh, currently six and a half uh, across the board. This one's a little tricky. This one's a little tricky because if you look at this Detroit team, they went through the abyss. They went through this awful stretch. They have that wild survival win against Philadelphia, where they had the huge lead. They blew it and they rescued themselves with a shootout win. And a really tough scheduling spot the next night against a solid, good New Jersey team. And look, it was a tough scheduling spot, tough spot overall uh, when you think about it, because, you know, they ended up, you know, you know, they ended up um, on a back to back against a rested Devils team. And yet they only lost that game three to two. You know, they were in that game. It was competitive. You know, that's two games there where, OK, Detroit had that brutal stretch and starting to piece some better uh, play together now better offensive play I don't know about defensive that's still a work in progress big reason why Detroit's just two and eight in their last 10 games is this defensive play has been subpar uh six five six four uh four five six I mean they've given up wow four goals or more uh to the opponent in seven of the last 10 games I mean that's where the issues have been the issues have been defensively they've had way too many breakdowns too many turnovers too many odd man rushes uh, too much loss of coverage in the defensive zone, and then goaltending that's not doing anything to bail them out because they're down Lyon, they're down Huso, uh, who remain out. Uh, and they thought maybe we could get one of these guys back following the Christmas break, but that's not going to be the case here for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So it's James Reimer, and to say James Reimer is fucking scuffling would be an understatement, struggling. Uh, he has been wretched here in the last four games. 18 goals allowed on his last 132 shots. 864 save percentage in his last four games. He's given up 18 goals in the last four games combined. That's well over a four goals per game average. He's had some issues, no doubt. He's not seeing things well. He's not seeing the puck well. He's not not playing with confidence at the moment. And you can tell it seeps down to the players who, uh, you know, they're scared to make a mistake with the puck. They don't know if the goalie's going to have their back right now. And obviously, James Reimer has had issues, and he was in net for that Philly game where they won 7-6 in a shootout, but he was also in net for blowing the big lead. So, you know, all kinds of problems right now. For uh, So I, I kind of want to – I think there's going to be a, a run coming for Detroit. I think they're going to put some good hockey together, win some games. I can't back them right now with Reimer, though. I can't. I just won't do it. Can't do it. Um, so – Tough one here. I, 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 there's over six at minus one thirty, and I did grab a little bit of this uh, over six at minus one thirty. You could go that route, or you could go over six and a half at you know a cheaper price. But uh, I went for the six for a little security. Uh, I did grab a little over six because to me, I think Minnesota should be a Minnesota team total might get there as well. It's worth noting with Minnesota, you know, they're, they're one of those teams. They score three quite a bit. They've scored three goals quite a bit at least since the coaching change from Dean Evison to John Hines, but they don't always get to four, but man, I mean, with the way the Red Wings are defending right now and Reimers play, this could be the night Minnesota gets to uh, four goals, but I do like a little bit of over six here uh, with the uh, Red Wings and, and the uh, wild. And I do like the draws uh, just, it's not one of my favorite draws on the board, but look, we saw back-to-back one goal games for Detroit uh, against Philly and New Jersey. 
Minnesota's gone to overtime or a shootout in four of the last six games. Still enough meat on the bone to recommend the draw here uh, with the uh, Red Wings and the Wild uh, here tonight in this game. And again, you can get that at plus 370 uh, at FanDuel. So pretty good price there with that. And then as far as props go, yeah, Sir Patrick Kane is uh, at just all of a sudden, he's uh, finding his comfort zone here in Detroit. Uh, the last few games, four goals, six points in the last three games. Can we... Uh, uh, he's basically just as everyone was starting to talk about what's, you know, is Patrick Kane going to fit in nicely here? He all of a sudden has an explosion right before the Christmas break of four goals and six points in the last three games, uh, before the break. So, uh, absolutely, you know, you ride the hot hand. If you buy into that theory, uh, you certainly could do that here, uh, with, uh, Patrick Kane at the moment, uh, with Dylan Larkin and Debrinket. uh, you know, Derek Lalone's loading it up there. I do want to point out, we got JT Comfer with Lucas Raymond and we got Jonathan Berggren, who I think is actually one of the props on the entire board tonight. This guy gets an opportunity and all he does is make the most of it. Uh, we haven't seen him since December 11, December 12, December 4. He's been promoted again from Grand Rapids. The last time we saw him play in the NHL briefly for three games, December 11th through the 14th, he had a point in each game, uh, and he also had two goals uh, in those three games against Dallas, St. Louis, and Carolina. Uh, so all he does when he gets called up from the minors is step into a prominent role and produce. That is exactly what Jonathan Berggren has done uh, here for Detroit. So here he is again, called up and on the second line tonight, playing with Lucas Raymond and JT Confer. So uh, it's absolutely a great look there. because, And we've also got evidence of this guy just sliding right into the lineup and getting it done, finding the back of the net, getting on the score sheet, making an impact offensively. Uh, he has shown the ability to do that. So uh, Berggren is really, really, uh, Berggren is on the uh, bargain bin special of the night shortlist for me. Uh, no question. He's in the, he's in the running uh, for that distinction, which we'll get to later, of course. And then a couple other props as far as the, uh, uh, card is gonna Rasmussen was someone we looked at, but he's with Cop and Perron now on the uh, third line, and he's cooled off a little bit. So maybe we pump the brakes there. And Robbie Fabry, our guy, if you're wondering, Robbie Fabry update. Well, he's gone cold, six straight games without a goal or a point for that matter, and down to the fourth line it looks like with Austin Zarnick and Daniel Sprong. That's Sprong, 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 Sprong. You know what's funny about Daniel Sprong? Uh, is this guy all year has been on the bottom six, and yet he still managed to get to, what, eight goals uh, on the season. He's Every night he's been on the third or the fourth line. He never gets a top six role. And for him to have, you know, eight goals the way he has, that's, that's impressive given, given the lack of, you know, um, opportunity uh, and a lack of ice time you get cons uh, considering. So uh, definitely all kinds of uh, good looks there as far as the props go in this one. Someone mentioning Goss Despair. You know who I'm excited to see too, and they've called him up. He's going to make his uh, – is this his NHL deep? No, he's played a game before. No, he played on against New Jersey. That was his first game, uh, 13 minutes. This will be his second game. But Simon Edvinson, 20-year-old defenseman. They like the kid quite a bit. Um, and look – with all due respect to Petrie, who's out, and Oli Mata, who's out for Detroit. Those are old relics. Uh, they're not the future of this franchise. They're not the future of this organization on the back end. Put the kid in there. You haven't been playing good hockey defensively for weeks anyway. What the fuck does it hurt? Put this kid in there, 20 years old. He's got all the potential ceiling in the world. Simon Edmondson, let's see what he can do for you. Uh, that's exactly what um, uh, I like about Derek Lalone. Put him in there. Why not? 
you know, you, you, you got a bunch of question marks on the back end. Petrie's a below average defender at this time. Mata is not as good as he used to be. Goss I love the point production. I love the offense, but a little scary uh, at times in his own end. And by the way, Goss sprinkle on the goal prop for him. He scored in back-to-back games. I'm not saying assist. I'm saying goal prop. He has scored in back-to-back games for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So why not at plus uh, 650 at FanDuel take a small shot there for uh, Shane Goss to spare to find the back of the net here for Detroit tonight. But Edvinson, I'm excited to see how he plays uh, here in this one, uh, his second game since the call-up. All right, next up we've got, uh, as we continue along, just uh, five games, six games left. No, five games left. Colorado and Arizona. We've got the uh, Avalanche minus 170 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Um, you've got the uh, same two teams battling each other. Remember, they just played last week in Denver uh, before the uh, Christmas break, and Colorado rolled. I mean, it was just all Avalanche that night. We'll see if they can back that up here, but I'm not so sure. Um, and I'm going to maybe Colorado's going to come out of the break ready. Colorado, you know, is going to go on a little bit of a run here. They have one two straight going into the break against Arizona and Ottawa at home, but I'll stand by it. I don't love the way I'm seeing this team play on the road. Okay, seven. This is another case of a little bit of a home road split here. 14 and four at um, Ball Arena in Denver, uh, but only seven and nine on the road for this Avalanche team um, at all. So, um, you know, to me, Arizona is going to want to atone for four to one loss. They didn't play well in Denver over the weekend. Uh, I'm going, once again, it didn't pan out for me Saturday in Denver, but now you get Arizona at home, 11-5 and five home record. I'm going with the Arizona dog and draw here. Dog and draw split, Arizona and draw. And another thing we've seen with these teams, especially here in Zona, a lot of close games. Last two meetings here in Arizona last year with these teams, uh, both of them went to overtime or a shootout. Each of the last two meetings in the desert with the Avalanche and the Coyotes. So it's Arizona plus 150. It's also take a shot with the draw as well at plus 370 uh, for me in this game. Uh, we're going to take a shot with both of those. Uh, I think Arizona brings a much better effort. I don't trust Colorado on the road flat out. You know, just saw Colorado lose their last road game to Chicago before the uh, break three to two pummeled by Winnipeg six to two on the road. I mean, just haven't been great uh, away from home lately. Uh, Vimelka confirmed in net for Arizona tonight. Uh, it should be Georgiev for Colorado, but it hasn't been uh, confirmed. It looks like Kale McCarr's in. We know he was dealing with some injuries before the uh, Christmas break, but he's good to go. Um, and it looks like the same crew is out for Arizona. It's Barrett, Hayton, Boyd, but they've been on uh, IR for a while. Uh, not a bad uh, prop game as well. Nachushkin is rolling with McKinnon and Rantanen right now. I wouldn't talk anyone out of props involving him at the moment. He's been great. Uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Drouin's been a point machine, not so much goals, but points. Uh, so keep an eye on that as far as props go. Uh, Miles Wood, you know, is someone that had a little offensive uh, spurt going for a bit there, uh, cooled off a little bit the last few games. Uh, but that's been a solid, effective line uh, for the uh, Avalanche. No question about that. Uh, and keep an eye, too, on uh, a couple of uh, their depth defensemen who've actually, believe it or not, stepped things up a little bit offensively, like Bowen Byram. Hell, even uh, Josh Manson scored a goal for them uh, against uh, Arizona on the in the meeting on Saturday in the uh, Mile High City. And then for um, Arizona, we've talked really about the same cast of uh, characters that I think are you know, worth a look as far as their uh, props at the moment. Michelli, 
uh, has been very good, just consistently racking up the points, more so assists uh, of late. Uh, Lawson Krauss cooled off a little bit, but you know, still not bad uh, price there. Uh, we've got our guy Carconi kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, but you know, still in, in a in a in a matchup like this, might be able to see him come through. Yes, Alex Kerfoot, number one for sure, uh, as far as what he's given uh, that team. And Clayton Keller as well has been excellent lately. And back-to-back games with a goal as well for Alex Kerfoot, along with the six points in the last four games. So uh, Kerfoot's your hot commodity right now for the Coyotes and someone that's probably a little undervalued tonight, player props as well. All right, Winnipeg-Chicago. We've got the uh, Jets minus 230. Uh, road favorites, uh, the total six in this matchup here in Chicago. Chicago continues to be a tough, tough out at home. Now, I don't know if they're going to beat Winnipeg. Winnipeg's obviously been playing really good hockey themselves. Not so sure about that. Uh, and by the way, that's another thing to point out about this Winnipeg-Chicago game is while we talk about the struggles of uh, Colorado on the road, that they've been better at home this year. You don't have that same split with Winnipeg. Winnipeg has uh, 11 home wins, a good home record, 11 and 7, but pretty damn good road record as well, 9 and 5. You're four games above 500 on the road. That's pretty solid. You know, so I have a little bit more confidence right now in Winnipeg being able to, you know, get the job done on the road at the moment compared to uh, Colorado. Uh, And as far as uh, how, uh, you know, the Blackhawks continue to be, like I said, very, very, uh, very, very feisty at home. They're not a pushover for anybody. Now, it is Peter Morozik in net. For the Blackhawks, he was very good against Colorado when he led them to victory against the Avs 3-2 to two before the break. Of course, after that, we saw, um, I, I believe, back-to-back. No, we saw Morozik was in for the Montreal game, too. He didn't play as well that night. The team didn't play well. They lost 5-2. And then, of course, we had the disaster of Arvid Soderblom, or Soderbum, as uh, Alex calls him, uh, on Saturday against uh, St. Louis. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. It is worth noting this uh, Winnipeg Jets team has just been on fire offensively. Five goals or more in four of the last five games. They've just been on an absolute heater. And I'm going to take the over here. That's what I like, over six. Um, Chicago at home, you look at what they've been able to do uh, at on home ice. They have scored three goals or more, three of the last four home games. If Chicago gets to three tonight, this game is probably going to go over the number. You know, that's honestly the way I see it here tonight with the Jets and the Black. And the Jets have been absolutely rolling right now, like I said, uh, offensively. Five goals in four of the last five games and a grand total in their last five games of 23 goals. So they have been absolutely uh, outstanding here uh, as far as, um, you know, offensive production uh, is concerned, no doubt. The Jets have owned this series, by the way. They've won six straight uh, against uh, Chicago, including uh, three straight here in Chicago. Uh, over the uh, Blackhawks. So I'm not on a side, not on a draw. I'm just on over six here. And I'm on a few props as well. Yes, Gabe Bellardi, of course. I don't even have to mention it anymore. It's just the heater of heaters right now that Gabe Bellardi has put together uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, A four-game goal streak with five goals during that span. An incredible, really it's incredible that he's got 11, or sorry, 12 points in the last five games for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, 12 points in the last five games. So uh, you you should be taking over one and a half points. I know I've mentioned that prop a couple of times now uh, for the, uh, uh, for Gabe Velarde. uh, And he continues to be uh, very, very solid with the uh, production. Uh, Definitely like the props uh, for him. Once again, Perfetti is always on the, in the, on the radar for me. 
uh, and uh, I have follow as well. Keep an eye uh, on him uh, on the uh, second line. You know, he's got a chance to, I think, step up here, and he has had decent numbers against Chicago. Uh, Nino Niederreiter's done damage against Chicago, and, you know, I know he's on the third line. He's more of a, a secondary third option, but he has uh, a huge he had a huge three-point night against Boston uh, before the break. Uh, keep an eye on him as well. And then for Chicago, like I always say, uh, the props you want to hone in on are whoever's line mates, Connor Bedard's line mates, that's who you roll with. And tonight I think it's going to be Nick Foligno and Philip Kurashev uh, as his line mates. So uh, Bedard, you could always go with pro- goal assist props for him. But if you're going to go for uh, other goal props, you know, Foligno and Kurashev on that line are worth a look. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, so keep an eye on that here for the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, it, that's what it looks like is going to be on the uh, on the uh, the flanks. They've moved Donato down uh, from the uh, top line, so keep an eye on that. Beauvillier actually got a goal the other night uh, for Chicago against St. Louis, uh, and uh, we'll see if he can carry that over. Depends on where he is in the lineup. He's down on the he's on the second line actually tonight. Him and uh, Taylor Radish uh, on the uh, second line uh, for the uh, Blackhawks tonight. Uh, Radish had a three assist game against uh, St. Louis on Saturday and Jason Dickinson on the uh, second line as well now for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And here's someone that scored in back to back games. Not only that, but now on the second line for the uh, Blackhawks as well uh, here tonight with uh, Beauvillier and with Radish. So a second line opportunity here for Jason Dickinson, who's actually been a sneaky performer offensively this year for Chicago. And you can find him in the plus 500 range you know, at FanDuel to score a goal. So that's not bad at all as far as value uh, with Dickinson in this game as well. All right, next up, we've got Seattle and Calgary. Uh, The uh, Seattle Kraken uh, right now in the uh, plus 125 range. Uh, Calgary minus 145 as home favorites. Uh, The total in this game currently uh, six uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, Calgary, of course, was victorious recently when these teams played in Seattle. So a little bit of a redemption game here, if you will, for the uh, Kraken. I actually think Seattle's not a bad play here at plus 125. You look at Calgary coming off the break. This is where the break might hurt a team like Calgary. Calgary was playing really well, three wins in a row against pretty good teams. Well, two of them against good teams. Florida, Tampa Bay, they had that shutout against Anaheim where they had a dominant performance. You know, I thought they played solid against L.A., but L.A. capitalized on their chances. Uh, and uh, L.A. getting the 5-3 victory against the Flames in that one. Um, I, when I look at this matchup, though, here, you've had a you know 3-1 stretch going into the break, and you know I, I just feel that the break kind of kind of arrived at a bad time, a poor time for uh, Calgary because they were starting to get some wins together. Meanwhile, you look at Seattle, and they had that horrible run, and they're this close from being 6-0 and in their last six games coming into tonight. You know That's how solid they have been. So it's been an impressive uh, stretch of hockey uh, for the uh, Kraken. Better than, obviously, that brutal run they had, beating Florida, pummeling Chicago. Uh, They took very good teams like Dallas and L.A. uh, to overtime or a shootout, losing those two games and easily could have won them. They were right there with both of them. And then they got to play L.A. again. And, yes, Joey Decord was great. is a big reason why they won that game. But they still won it, and he played well, 2-1. to They beat the Kings in the rematch, and then they have the 3-2 win against Anaheim before the break. So, you know, they're starting to play a little bit better here, Seattle. And I like the val- I like to see this kind of price with teams that were bad for a while, but you're starting to see them play a little bit better. And I think you might see that from Seattle. Seattle's definitely a team that I think from a 
betting value standpoint, it, there's going to be some betting value on them uh, because they're starting to play better and the odds makers aren't catching up to it yet. So I do like Seattle here a little bit, plus 125 in this game. Uh, Joey Decord should be in net once again, and he's been very good. I, I, I believe in this kid. I watched him lead Coachella Valley Firebirds to the uh, AHL Calder Cup final last year. Uh, he has been sensational in the last two games. Both of them victories. He stopped. Uh, th- he's allowed three goals on the last, I believe. Uh, let me see how many shots he faced here. 85, uh, 42, uh, 43, 77 shots faced in the last two games, and he's given up three goals. Three goals on his last 77 shots. He's played very well, uh, Joey Decord, and he's a good young goalie. He's getting more comfortable at the NHL level, and I think he's got what it takes here to maybe hand Calgary a road lo- or home loss here coming out of the break. So Seattle for me at plus 125. That's about it. Uh, nothing else other than that. Uh, as far as props go, I'm going back to the old veteran, Thomas Tatar, right now for uh, Seattle. He's on the top line. He's got two goals in the last three games, four points in the last three games. Uh, you know, he's out of Colorado. It just wasn't a good fit for him there. And he's got new life here with the Kraken, and he's taking advantage of it. He's on the top line. He's scoring again. Uh, he's making an impact. And more importantly, not being reflected in his player prop prices right now, that he's getting this top line role and starting to score. Plus 460 for him at FanDuel to score tonight. I mean, my goodness. He's got two goals in the last three games. He's on the top line. He's plus 460 to score a goal tonight. How the hell do you not bet that? You have to. So at least I have to. When I see that kind of price for someone that's on the top line and getting uh, all kinds of production right now for the uh, crack, and it's been very good. Like I say, it's a new lease on life for uh, Thomas Tatar. You know, after just uh, just sometimes you just don't fit in in one team. It's just not the right fit, uh, and uh, you, you just need a change of scenery to get it rolling again. And he's got it rolling right now with Beniers and Eberly uh, on that uh, top line for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, no doubt, there's some good uh, value with him. Plus four sixty, like I said, outstanding price there uh, for uh, Thomas Tatar tonight for Seattle. Uh, and then if, uh, a couple others to uh, keep in mind: Brandon Tanev. You know, sneaky uh, uh, pr- uh, player. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen's been better lately, but yeah, number one for me for sure is uh, Thomas Tatar. It's uh, one of my fa- one of my favorite props on the entire board actually tonight. Uh, and then for Calgary, uh, Sh- Sharon Govich. We've talked about him a lot with uh, Lindholm and Mangiapane on that top line. Uh, has had a great great stretch. Now he had a five game goal streak. He hasn't scored in three straight, but he's still collecting points. Uh, he has two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points in the last. Uh, nine games for the uh, Flames, so still worth a look as far as props as Igor Sharon Govich, uh, Connor Zary uh, on the uh, second line. We've talked about him, uh, he's been very good, uh, of late for uh, really all season since coming up from the minors, goal production, point production, and then one more for Calgary. It goes without saying, Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman is just absolutely a run, uh, like a house of fire here of late, dating back to December 7th, the last uh, nine games for Calgary. Uh, Blake Coleman has six goals, and even more impressively, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven points in the last nine games for Blake Coleman as well. So, not a bad prop game. Definitely some options on both sides that definitely uh, pique my interest. All right, we've got San Jose, Los Angeles, uh, the Kings minus three fifty, uh, huge home favorites as expected uh, in this game, uh, and the total six shaded to the over uh, here in this matchup. Uh, I'm just going to stick to the bet that's been working. Uh, you take the opponent team total for San Jose. 
uh, and you cash. Uh, that's the way it's been lately. The defensive game has certainly fallen off uh, in a big way for the uh, San Jose Sharks, uh, struggling to keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, really, they've struggled all season, but there was a period where, you know, they were playing a little bit better in their own zone. You know, they had the game against Winnipeg that they won two to one. They uh, gave up only one goal and a tough loss to Arizona. Uh, they did give up five, five and four uh, to the opposition and six to the opposition before that. But they had those couple of games where the defensive play and the goaltending was a little bit better. And now here are the last four games before the break. Six allowed to Colorado, four allowed to L.A., Five allowed to Arizona, seven goals allowed to uh, Vancouver. So uh, to me, uh, I'm definitely looking towards uh, a team total here for L.A. And you definitely don't want minus 350 on L.A., the money line. But why take L.A. minus 350 when you can just take over three and a half for the L.A. Kings with their team total at around minus 150? Look at the difference. Now, minus 150 is not a great price, but, man, you compare it to the money line, it sure is. So I like that Kings team total here over three and a half minus 150. Um, is there concern that the, you know, they beat San Jose last week. Uh, they had a very satisfying win against Calgary before. I don't know. And LA we know hasn't been as good at home as they've been on the road, but I think this is, you take care of business here. You get the job done. I I do have to admit though. I do have to admit that game tomorrow night against Vegas looming on their schedule does concern me a little bit that that's maybe uh, do they go through the motions here a little bit so I, that's why i'm not gung you know just uh, you know with full ex- uh, confidence on this but uh, it is san jose still and i know the showdown with vegas is looming tomorrow night at t-mobile arena i get that but you should still take care of business here and get four goals against this team the way they're giving them up lately so I am still on Kings team total over three and a half here in this. And then as far as the um, props go in this game, you know, for San Jose, um, I would say right now, uh, Eklund's been stepping up lately uh, for them. Philip Zadina's on the top line. He's actually got four points in the last three games. So I'm telling you, I wouldn't go um, peppering San Jose props against a stingy defensive team like LA, but it's definitely something to keep in mind that, um, you know, there's a couple of players that have perked up lately for the uh, LA Kings. It is David Riddick in net for the Kings. Kapo Kakinen in net for the uh, Sharks. Not at all shocked that um, David Riddick's in net. But then again, it's not going to affect my bet uh, having a David Riddick in there because I'm on the team total. All I care about is what they do offensively. I don't give two shits what the Kings do defensively. And as we saw when uh, Riddick played his, his one other his only start with the Kings this year was against San Jose eight days ago. He was very solid. He four to one win. He only gave up one goal on 16 shots. They protected him well. Uh, you know, and I think that's what you're going to see again. The LA Kings are going to try to make life. And that's the thing about Riddick. Do we think he's good? No, but he's got insulation up and down this team from a, a, a playing behind a squad that is going to limit the amount of high danger chances and the amount of high danger looks most times that their goaltender sees and he he's got the team in front of him that's going to make life probably easier than it's ever been on David Riddick before playing goal you know playing with this great Kings team that's capable as capable as any team defensively when they're on top of their game so that should benefit you know David Riddick tonight just like it did against San Jose when he faced them eight days ago so, you know, while normally you see David Riddick's name on the marquee, you say you got to fade this guy. Be careful with that. A, this is San Jose. And B, 
you know, this is a team that's going to be a, as good a help to Riddick defensively uh, as any team he's ever played with in his career. So t- uh, make sure you, you're aware of that before you just say, up oh, David Riddick's in that lookout. You know, he, he's got a, he's got as good a situation around him as he's had in years. All right, next up, final game of this Wednesday card. Uh, you've got Vegas and Anaheim. Uh, the Golden Knights minus 240 road favorites, six the total. This, I think, makes a lot. I like over here in this game. It's one of my favorite totals on this card. Uh, it's only six, not six and a half. It's over six minus 120. There's a lot of reasons to like it. First of all, we've got to, at least for the for the moment, based on current form, we have to suspend our belief that Vegas is one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. Right now, they are their their, their defensive game is crumbled. It's not where it needs to be. It's not where it will eventually be once again, and it will be. They'll get it back. But right now, it's not there. Okay, right now they're not defending well. There's breakdowns. They're just gutted by injuries with their goaltending. Aiden Hills on IR. Logan Thompson's been out for the last several games. They've had to go to Yuri Patera. They've called up Isaiah Seville from Henderson. Uh, That doesn't help either. Uh, And you're putting Patera in a tough spot uh, right now uh, with making these starts. And to be honest, Patera was very good against Florida. But that just speaks volumes about what we're seeing from Vegas. I mean, right now, defensively, their game is not where it's at. And look, Theodore's been out for a while. But, you know, they're supposed to have the depth to be able to deal with a guy like Theodore being out, but you know, they have still have Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, uh, Nick Hagen, Zach Whitecloud, who actually have not played well lately. That's been the problem. Hagen Whitecloud, you know, have been outstanding defensive shutdown guys going back to the cup run last year. You know, they have not been uh, as good uh, here the last few games. It's, you got to point that out. You know, it's been a struggle for them. Uh, but it's all especially been a struggle for even their big guns. Like we're not used to, uh, you know, Petrangelo, for instance, having a tough time. But we're seeing a lot of minuses all of a sudden. Like Petrangelo is at a minus plus minus rating in five of his last seven games. That's unheard of for him. Like he is just not, you know, that tells you that right now the team is not in his game and the team collectively on the blue line. Their defensive game is not where you want it to be uh, right now. Uh, and that's definitely a concern at the moment for uh, Vegas. And look, it's played out in the results that, you know, the goaltending injuries, the struggles defensively, not at all where they've been uh, for much of the last two years. And it's played out in their results. They've been an over machine, this Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, they are a whopping nine and uh, eight and one to the over in their last nine games. Uh, and that Florida game barely stayed under. It should have went over. If you had under, if you had over six and a half with, Florida Vegas on Saturday. That's a that's kind of a tough beat. You know they gave up 42 shots. You know Florida probably sh- should have scored a lot more than four goals in that game. Um, so to me, you know, I look at it and I say, you know what, Vegas right now is just their defensive game is not where it needs to be. Uh, it's looking like tonight, as far as the goaltending in this game, uh, we're expected to see uh, either Patera or Thompson. Um, it's not confirmed yet. Um, it's expected. Now, uh, you, I want to point out it's expected but not confirmed that it's going to be Logan Thompson. So it's sounding like Logan Thompson might finally be healthy enough to return and make the start tonight uh, for uh, Vegas in this game against Anaheim. But where's Aiden Hill at? Because if Aiden Hill is still out and unavailable and you put Thompson in tonight, that means you're going to have to go to Patera in the big showdown with L.A. tomorrow night uh, on the back-to-back. So that's going to be an interesting um, uh, decision 
for uh, Bruce Cassidy. Uh, how is he going to handle this? Like, is Aiden Hill going to be fine for tomorrow? Is he ready to return? Is that why you put Thompson in tonight? Because if Thompson's ready to return, but you don't have Aiden Hill available for these next two games, I would say you probably should put Patera in tonight and save Thompson, who still, you know, your more experienced, better goalie. Well, we think better goalie, although I'll get to Thompson in a minute. You know, he has had some issues uh, of late. Uh, you know, if, if Hill's still not available for the last two games, I would think you put Patera in tonight, save Thompson for tomorrow against the Kings, but may not be that way. Thompson hasn't been great. I want to point that out. That's the uh, what I was going to get to. Thompson's back. We know he's, uh, you know, his numbers are actually okay, but he was not playing well before this little absence he had missing the last two games down in Florida. I mean, he had given up uh, four more goals in three of his last four starts. The four spot to Calgary, the four spot to Buffalo. They lost that game. He got shelled by Carolina uh, on the road, gave up six goals on just 29 shots against the Hurricanes. So he's had all kinds of struggles lately as well. So even if Thompson's in net, and it looks like it will be tonight, I I think Anaheim could find the back of the net. Keep in mind, Anaheim uh, against Vegas, uh, they played – in this building here, Honda Center, November 5th, 4-2 Anaheim. They scored four goals in that game. That being said, on the flip side, you look, and plus uh, Mason McTavish is back for the Anaheim Ducks. Trevor Zegras is finally back for the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, he's been out uh, pretty much for the entirety of the season. uh, Since, well, not the entirety of the season, but since early November, uh, came back against Seattle uh, and scored a goal, by the way. Uh, against Seattle as well. So they're happy to have Zegras back. I think Anaheim could score some goals tonight, but I certainly think Vegas can as well. Uh, Offense really hasn't been the major issue for the Golden Knights. Uh, Going back in their last nine games, uh, Vegas has scored three or more in seven uh, of those nine games. So probably a decent chance that continues here. John Gibson confirmed in net for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and or sorry, for Anaheim. And I think when you look at it, Vegas kind of knows like, you know, We've got his injuries on in goal, uh, and even with Thompson back, you know he hasn't played for a, over a week, and he wasn't playing great. We're going to need to we're going to need our offense right now to help us out. We're going to need our offense to basically carry the way for the team uh, at this point in time. So I think they uh, acknowledge that they understand that. So I like over here. Uh, I think we'll see some goals here on the pond uh, in Anaheim. Uh, very appropriate. It's called the pond, or it was called the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim way back when. Showing how old I am. Uh, because it might be some pond hockey tonight with these two teams. So Vegas, Anaheim over six, uh, minus 120. Um, I actually think this is not a bad spot either to take a small little piece of Anaheim and or the draw, maybe a little of both. But, um, you know, you're talking about plus 210 for Anaheim, uh, a Vegas team that's entering this game, three straight losses, four in their last five they've lost. Uh, Anaheim, you know, has got a lot more pieces back, even though they're only uh, two and uh, seven in their last nine games. They're now as healthy as they've been in quite some time. So there's a lot to think that there's a lot to like here as far as I like over six. I think Anaheim's in this game. So the plus, you know, 210 at Pinnacle, plus 190 and uh, plus 200 in other spots, not bad. And then as far as the uh, props go for uh, this one, uh, you look at Anaheim. And I think when you see there, uh, you know, why not go to Zegras? He scored in his first game back. Why not? Uh, you know, take that uh, look toward him as far as a uh, goal props tonight. Uh, McTavish, keep an eye on it. Uh, he's been back for two games. It's been off to a sluggish start, but, you know, I think as he builds back 
uh, you know, ramps things up following the inj- injury absence. You get to see him going again, just like Gabe Bellardi. It took him a few games for Winnipeg. Now he's rolling again, uh, no question. Uh, and then for Vegas, of course, uh, you look at uh, who's been contributing for them. Um, you know, I, I, Barbashev uh, on the top line's been getting it done. Pavel Dorofiev, this is someone that I think as he keeps getting opportunity, he's going to be able to produce. He's on the second line. He scored for them against Florida. I don't mind looking for some value in that direction either uh, with Pavel Dorofiev. So keep an eye on that. Marcia So, since he uh, was pretty vocal about the team's little skid, uh, he's picked things up with three goals in the last four games. So uh, he might be able to make do some damage here tonight as well for this uh, Vegas team. All right, there you go. That is the uh, Wednesday uh, NHL card as we resume action following the Christmas break. 260 live viewers hit the like button we appreciate it very much and a reminder make sure you sign up patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month that's the only place moving forward that you're going to see the betting card daily the sides totals player props posted daily on the patreon page patreon.com slash ice guys uh, make sure you get in on that, uh, and we're going to have all of our written content is there, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, all of that is right there uh, on the Patreon page. So patreon.com slash iceguys, uh, just uh, $10 uh, per month uh, for the ex- all the exclusive content, including the daily betting card. And, of course, in the new year, we're going to start rolling out uh, our uh, bonus video content shows q a stuff uh you name it we're going to also have um bonus bet casts which i know everyone's excited about we're going to have our normal monthly bet cast but uh in january but we're going to have a couple of uh bonus uh often impromptu uh, live bet casts as well uh and it will only be available uh, you'll only be able to watch those bet casts and you'll only be able to participate on the stream in those betcasts if you are a Patreon Ice Guys member. All right, so there's another perk right there. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 per month. And more importantly, look, I said this, and I wrote a little Christmas message to all the Patreon members, and we can't thank you enough. You're the reason we are likely, and if we continue to get more members, more subscriptions to the Patreon page, you are going to ensure the Ice Guys is around next year, two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, God willing, 10, 20 years from now. Who knows? Who knows at this point? Because we've already been doing this show longer than I thought we would. You know, six going on seven years now. Uh, Any financial dollars contributed to our cause on Patreon as a member, it's going to help us keep this thing going. Uh, and that's what it's all about. Uh, and we wanted to keep doing this show. We want you to keep getting some of the best NHL betting analysis uh, on a daily basis. And so just that little token of $10 per month as a Patreon member, patreon.com slash ice guys helps us immensely uh, as far as making sure this show is here for, for you guys for the long term. Uh, no question. So again, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. I also want to address the questions about the time that we post the card daily. People, uh, and look, it's a valid gripe or a valid, uh, you know, question. Can you post it earlier? Because I op- we often put it up there at 6.30 Eastern, 6.45 Eastern. 
first of all, time-wise, with all the other duties Alex and I both have, it's very difficult to get it posted earlier. It is. It's, it, it's just the way it is. Second of all, both of us, we don't really finalize every little, you know, every little nook and cranny on the card until we get those final lineup confirmations, which often don't happen until about an hour before those early puck drops. So we feel like if we post the card prior to 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on a weeknight or a weekend before the night games, we might be missing some stuff. We might be missing a few plays here and there that we, we've added last minute based on things we've heard or things we've uncovered based on the lineup information, etc. So that's why we wait until 6.30 p.m. Eastern. We want to make sure we want to just put it up there, post the card, and then be in a spot where, okay, we're not adding anything after this. We're posting the card right now, and we're not adding anything after that. This is it. So that's why we post the card on the Patreon page at around 6.30 Eastern, 6.45 Eastern at the latest. That's why it's that late. And I understand it's not always easy to get the, all those bets in before the puck drop. I get it. Uh, it's, a, it's a delicate balance. Maybe we'll try to you know hustle, hustle things along, Alex and I, a little bit, make sure we get things locked in maybe just a little bit sooner so that maybe we can get the card up there, 6 Eastern, 6.15, something like that. It's something we'll continue to work at, but it's uh that's the answer uh for you as to why it's 6 30 eastern 6 45 p.m eastern when we post the sides and the totals and the player props uh and all those uh looks that alex and i have why it's so close to puck drop we just want to make sure we have everything finalized and everything locked in uh before we post the cards so that's the answer for that but again all that and more and a ton of new content in the new year bonus video shows Got a couple more player suite interviews lined up in the new year too, which will be Patreon exclusive as well. The uh, bonus betcast. So again, patreon.com slash ice guys. Again, just $10 per month. And make sure as well, you check out the ice guys store, get yourself some merchandise and gear. We got some new stuff as well, including the Thailanders uh, merch that you can get uh, at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right. It is time for bargain bin special of the night. Um, wow, there's a couple of good options here tonight uh, on this card. Definitely that stand out to me uh, as far as the bargain bin is concerned. I think I'm going to go to Seattle with Thomas Tatar. I talked myself into Thomas Tatar here. He, he's got he's been great with Eberle and Beniers on this top line. He has two goals in the last three games. He's clearly playing with a lot more uh, confidence again, finishing plays. Find in the back of the net. He clearly has found chemistry with these two line mates, Beniers and Eberly. And again, you've got a guy on the top line for Seattle that scored in two of the last three games at plus 460 to score a goal tonight. So let's go with the veteran, Thomas Tatar, Seattle Kraken, plus 460 uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. And Alex has a bargain bin special uh, of the night as well that he passed along. And um, I agree with it fully. I think it's a great pick. Kudos to him. And I actually mentioned it as well. Uh, Jason Dickinson for Alex's Chicago Blackhawks, plus 500 at FanDuel uh, to score a goal tonight. Why not? He's on the second line, top six role for the Hawks tonight. Now, look, you're facing Hellebuck, and he's been pretty good. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great price uh, on the second line with Radish and Beauvillier centering that line. And Dickinson has goals in back-to-back games as well. Uh, coming into this one. So Alex B. Smith has gone with Jason Dickinson, Chicago, plus 500 uh, at FanDuel for his bargain bin special uh, of the night. And by the way, Alex's full card, or at least his 
card as of this show because we always have bets that we add uh, after the show. Uh, and he actually he's added one just since he sent me the card. So uh, Alex's card for the show. But again, he might add a couple too when we post on Patreon later. Winnipeg, Chicago over six minus 110. Dallas, St. Louis, first period, both teams to score plus 145. Ottawa, Toronto draw plus 370. Pittsburgh, New York Islanders draw plus 350. Nashville plus 115 against Carolina. As I mentioned, the bargain bin is Dickinson plus 500 to score a goal. And we'll get to his best bet in a moment. And he's also adding one more. Uh, Sharks, Kings, first period over. One and a half minus 130. Uh, I know it was a David Riddick sighting why he added that late, but there you go. Sharks, Kings over one and a half minus 130 in the first period uh, for Alex. And as for best bets, um, that's another thing we hopefully the Christmas break does. It recharges the best bet battery for me, as in we get more consistency uh, with them moving forward. Uh, but Alex's best bet is the first period over with Dallas and St. Louis. Uh, he's going back to the well one more time, even though the streak got snapped. Still 11-1 and one in the last 12 Dallas games uh, with the first period over. So it's Dallas-St. Louis, first period over, one and a half, minus 145. That is the uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith on this Wednesday card. My best bet for this uh, Wednesday card, lots to choose from, really good slate uh, overall. Uh, but for my best bet on this uh, slate, uh, I am going to go with um, Vegas Anaheim, over six, minus 120. I like it. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite looks on this card. Um, we know Vegas has been an over machine, defensive struggles, goalie injuries. Anaheim's now better offensively. I actually argue they're better offensively. They're worse defensively with Zegras. Zegras is not a great defensive player, and that's always been the bone of contention with Pat Verbeek and with previous coaches with Zegras, is that defensively he's not, he's no Patrice Bergeron. You know, he, he, he's no Rob Niedermeyer when it comes to, you know, good 200-foot play away from the puck. But he is a gifted offensive player. We know that. And he certainly helps uh, Anaheim's ability to put the puck in the net uh, now that he's back. So uh, I see goals tonight out there in Orange County. Let's go with Vegas Anaheim over six, minus 120 uh, for my best bet for this Wednesday card. That'll wrap it up. We appreciate it. Hit the like button on the way out. Good to be back following the Christmas break. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 